Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Breaking news, Dianne Feinstein passed away, the 90-year-old, long, 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 long time politician from the San Francisco area, passed away, I, cause of death that I saw was basically old age. So Dianne Feinstein, a legend in the world of politics, a legend in the world of pioneers growing women in politics, passed away, and if anybody saw her last time, she was on the Senate floor you know, you could tell something wasn't right, and Diane Feinstein passed away. We've got some weirdness, some very, very odd stuff going on today. One of them, look, I get football players got to talk trash, but you got to bring your mama and your wife into it. Will you please explain this to me, Roquan Smith? Let's hear from Roquan Ro Smith. You go in there as the, as the enemy to go take over, and that's our plan uh, to actually go take over. I think they call it the dog pound. I consider myself a dog, so I'm right at home in that place. So I'm excited to get back in there. And I know they're a physical football team, but so are we. Honestly, I love it. You know, I love a challenge. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I love looking, facing, looking something square in the face and saying, bring it on, bring it on, whatever it is, you know, chin up, chest out. You know, I, I live by that sunsets, no regrets. So I'm looking forward to it, and I can't wait. You're considered a bad guy because you're going into essentially another man's house, and you're trying to take over, like his wife, kids, everyone there to watch them. So you be going over to beat their tails in front of their wife and kids. So when you think about it from that perspective, like any man's going to, you know, fight to the death in that point. I know if that's me in that case, I know I would. Well, you just didn't. You know what I'm saying? You just didn't. The, the, the Colts came in and beat you. Like, Roquan Smith is with the Ravens, right? And he is getting ready to play the Browns. It's not always a big game. It's a game. You know, AFC North, blah, 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 blah. But see, this is what drives me nuts about athletes. He didn't. The, he had a chance. He let the Colts come in there and, what, take over his, his wife, his kids? This is the stuff that I love. And the NFL is king. These guys know that if they can just get to the point of being WWE, then it'll be more interesting. I've talked about Roy, Roquan Smith. I know who he is. Really good with the Bears. Bears knew he wasn't, as a linebacker, worth the money, so they got rid of him. I know Roquan Smith out of Georgia, but I also I know that these dudes just talk. Fight to the death, really. I know you can die on the football field. Obviously, I get all that. But it ain't from fighting to the death. Anyway, Roquan Smith, the, the lowly Indianapolis Colts just came into your crib and took your wife, your daughter, your kids, and your damn job. Uh, let's keep, stay with the NFL. Our guy, C.J. Jackson, he's just bewildered. He's just confused. I mean, he's under indictment. He doesn't go to probation. C.J. Jackson is a nondescript bazillionaire. Four-year, $82 million contract. I guess he's supposed to be good. He was a healthy scratch. And apparently, C.J. Jackson's confused. Really? You're confused? Well, you know what? God bless you. 
Why wouldn't you be confused? I mean, hell, you don't really play hard. You haven't tried by all accounts. I mean, Chargers confuse. I am confused. Well, CJ, I don't know. What else do you expect me to do? I told Coach, what else do you expect me to do? I've been doing everything. Came back from my injury pretty fast. I've been putting in extra work after practice, meeting rooms, DBs, Friday, we all meet, extra film, being a good teammate. I don't know what it is. I don't know. It ain't his fault because he's doing everything right. It's the coach. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the coach. I mean, I think it's the coach. It's always the coach. And to that vein, the United States are getting their ass whipped in the Ryder Cup right now as we speak. And you know who's catching the heat? Zach Johnson. Who's Zach Johnson? He the coach. He the coach. It's four zip Europe right now. All right? It's four zip. United States is down in a couple other matches. And I told him yesterday, don't walk in there like entitled frat boys. They did. They're getting whooped. Now, if somebody were to say, what's going on? What, what makes them entitled frat boys? Uh, I really wouldn't have the answer. But it just feels that way. It's like that Supreme Court justice said about porn. I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. That's how I feel about white American uh, frat boys playing golf. I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. So people are mad at the coach. It's the coach's fault. Hey, why is it always when guys or girls win, players play, coaches stand on the sideline? But when players lose or get their ever-loving you-know-what's kicked, Oh, oh, it's the coach's fault. He picked the wrong guys. What is he doing? He's a damn fool. Yeah, well, I got to tell you. Bah! Last night, the Packers stunk. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, but every time you watch, let's say you were doing something else, and every time you turn the game on, every time, correct me if I'm wrong, but something bad was happening with the Packers. They were missing a tackle. They were fumbling a ball. They were bouncing one off the chest of their own teammate for an interception. My God, I think the Lions are good. I, I do. I think the Lions are good. And I'm going to give the Lions credit for making the Packers play that way. It was like early anyway. It was like the JV against the varsity. It really was. I mean, I don't know how much you watched because the game was really a route. It got to 14, but that's nothing. But I got to tell you, man, the Packers stunk, and I was surprised. I really was. I thought I did. I thought Jordan Love on, on a big stage, only game being played, which is the biggest of stages for NFL guys. That's why Monday Night Football was really popular among NFL players. But the big stage, and this guy was awful. And former Bear David Montgomery, I just went and scored three touchdowns. Yeah, let me get three touchdowns with you. That's all. Huh. But it was more than that. And this is something to start watching for in the NFL. I, I usually give you guys pretty good stuff. I do. Here's what you start watching for. Watch who the more physical team is in the NFL. I never thought I would say that. But I'm saying it now. I was watching the Ravens and the Colts, and I thought to myself, Colts are going to win this. Neither team has a weapon, but the Colts are more physical. 
Last night, it wasn't even close. We're not even close. I mean, you got the Lions running around. What do they say? They're putting their hat on people. And man, oh man, I'm watching the Packers, and they look like the Cincinnati Bengals secondary of Sunday night football. They didn't want, or Monday night, they didn't want to hit anybody, pushing guys out of bounds. The more physical team, it's interesting. I never, I could tell it in college. I really could. I, I could, I could never tell it in the NFL except the '85 Bears. They just obliterated people. But I'm telling you right now, and this is where we're going to make a lot of money betting in game. We're going to watch, and we're going to see who the more physical team is. All right, there's a lot of talk about, and this guy got a beer put on him, St. John or St. James or, no, St. Germain. That was a kid I grew up with. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Jalen Hurts, they do the tush push. The tush push is the greatest play in football. Basically, everybody that's legal to do so lines up within a foot and a half of the center and a foot and a half from the line of scrimmage, Jalen Hurts, who's like, I don't know, 6'2", 240, uh, gets under center, and everybody just bulldozes. It's the ultimate meathead football play. We have more guys in a smaller area than you do. And that means we can gain a half a yard. That means we can get the first down, which they have gotten every time they've done it. Now, people are saying, no tush-push. Out with the tush push. In with, quote, real football. Oh, nay, 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 nook. Nay, nay. The tush push is different. The tush push, there's the backside of the tush push. You get a look. Close your eyes and get pushed. It's never failed. It is 100 for 100. How about them apples? How about them potatoes? That's right. That's the tush push shall set you free. I need more tush. Everybody needs more tush. And it's push, push in the tush. How about them apples? Yeah. All right, Jack Del Rio, uh, he wants the play to be made illegal. See, we like Jack Del Rio. I'm going to go with this until we didn't like Jack Del Rio. Jack Del Rio bent the knee to the woke, his coach. He did, Ron Rivera. Jack Del Rio, Hollywood movie star looks, linebacker at USC. Tell me he didn't do a little celebrity walk through a few times in his college career. You're damn right he did. Nice coach with different teams. Jack Del Rio became the defensive coordinator for America's woke football coach, Ron Rivera. Jack Del Rio said something. I don't know. I don't think he bent the knee on whose lives mattered and whose lives didn't matter. And we're all supposed to think about what we say, every word, and Del Rio didn't. His coach called him on, and Jack Del Rio had to go bend the knee. Jack Del Rio wants to play band. I would listen to Jack Del Rio. Let's hear from Jack Del Rio. Hey, Jack, the Eagles run that QB sneak with the running backs coming behind him, yeah. kind of pushing Jalen forward. The it's push, a, yeah, the push yeah, play. The tush push, yes. Uh, just kind of curious your thoughts on it, if you think it's legal or, or, or how it should be handled. Well, it's not being officiated as illegal, so we just have to prepare for it. I mean, that's... I, I would personally like to see it eliminated, not just because they run it better than anybody, although they do run it better than anybody. But um, I, I, I don't think that's a football play. I think it's a, a nice rugby play. And um, it's not what we're looking for in football. But until it's outlawed, uh, we'll prepare for it and get ready to you know, do our best to stop it. 
That's interesting. Until it's outlawed, which means he anticipates it being outlawed. Now, you want something outlawed, here's what you say. Well, player safety. That's all you got to say. Hey, it's player safety. There's too many people in too small an area, too big of guys. And, you know, Kelsey's in there humping somebody. Johnson's in there with his Johnson humping somebody. Guys are pushing. Guys are jumping. It's a hell of a football play. I mean, I don't know about you, but when we played in the backyard, it wasn't like we were running a spread offense. Hey, you need a yard? Tush push. I don't remember all the pushing, though. I actually thought pushing was illegal. But now it's very legal, and it's very widely used. So there you go. All right, I have a theory. You ready for my theory? I have a theory that NFL and college football at a certain level are king. I don't think all football is king. I don't think, look, I love Maction. I love Tuesday, Wednesday night Maction because I can get action on Maction with points bet. But I got to tell you, all football, XFL, USFL, you name it, they got it. I don't know. Do we really watch it? Do we really, truly watch uh, last night's game? I forget who was even playing. Western Kentucky was playing. So do we really watch? Or is it just like a nondescript, I don't know, Illinois-Indiana game on Thursday night in basketball? You watch. I mean, it's, it's the sport. You like it. The schools that are represented fans will watch. But I got to tell you, it's not like, I don't know, Duke, North Carolina on a Saturday night. I'm just saying. Well, in that vein, the XFL and the USFL have merged. No surprise, smart. First off, you know, there isn't that much room for two more football leagues. Second, you got to have better players. You got to have more recognizable players. This is what I've always said about professional sports league. The players matter. The more popular the player, the better the league does. In college, not so much. The brand matters. The school matters. I, you know what? So, um, you got to have guys that we recognize. You got to have a quality of play. And obviously, the more leagues you have, the more widespread the talent. The NFL is going to take the best of the best, and then everything gets spread out, and that's not good. So I'm glad they merged. I want more football. I want good football. Uh, but I'm just telling you, it is a little overrated to say all of football is king. Um, this is pretty funny. This is very, very funny. So James Franklin's the coach of Penn State. And by all accounts, most people, he's fine. He's a good guy. All right, James Franklin did the opposite of what most coaches do. Here's James Franklin. Let him tell you himself. James, you touched on the atmosphere that you played in front of last week. It's obviously going to be a different atmosphere this week. How do you make sure that the guys maintain the sort of energy that they're going to need at 11 a.m. and and what might not be a a ton of people? Well, I think just being honest, you know, just being very honest about what it's going to be like. Um, These guys are 2-0 at home. Um, You look at Northwestern, um, they've typically had uh, good home records. Why? Because it can be challenging to play there. They're used to the environment. Other people uh, may not be. Um, it's going to be very different than what we played in last week. So just being transparent and honest, um, you know, are we uh, internally motivated? Or are we externally motivated? But for me to act like it's not a factor, it is. And you got to you got to get prepared for it. We haven't had any music 
even our period 20, you guys know we usually play the Phil Collins um, and it's usually blaring and you know, they were asking me to turn it up today and I said, I said, no. I mean, I've never heard that before. Their environment sucks so bad, we are not going to play music to simulate or emulate the Northwestern crowd. Think about that. Just seriously, think about that. The Northwestern crowd is so dull, so uninterested. Right now at Northwestern, Welch run, no, it's Dyke Stadium. It used to be. I don't know what it is now. That we're going to turn the music down. I'm fascinated by this. You know, we saw last week a bunch of people that had never gone to a football practice were shocked that Deion Sanders pumped up the volume of the music they were going based on the crowd noise they were going to face at Oregon. Well, all right, that's cool. But turning it down, I have been in athletics my entire life. I have literally never heard that. I, just, I have never, ever, ever heard that. I haven't. Hey, uh, James Harden's in the news. James Harden is still mad at Daryl Morey, the general manager, and James Harden in typical, out of shape, ridiculous, I'd rather drink, hang around hookers than actually be a winner. James Harden helps at a party because that's what James Harden does. Uh, parties are big deals for uh, athletes. We got an idiot over here named A.J. Hammonds, played at Purdue. A.J. Hammonds, who has been arrested, I guess arrested or sued, I'm not sure which, numerous times for having these idiotic parties. Guys think that they're big-time promoters. They get a dumbass DJ in there or a sorry-ass singer. They hire some hoochie mamas. They get the guys going, and next thing you know, the neighbors are like, hey, yo, this is a neighborhood, dumbass. Well, James Harden was at least smart enough to do it at a club, and James Harden, well, at the club, James Harden, had signs that said Daryl Morey is a liar. Had Daryl Morey is a liar held up at his party at a club. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I'll never be part of the organization that he is part of again. Well, you're part of it. Shut up. Quit being a whiner. But it's, hey, man, let me t- it used to be if two guys at a bar told you it, it's true. Then it became, if two people on Twitter said it, it's true. And now it's become, if, J- if, I, throw a ho- if I throw a party at a club and I have a hoochie mama holding up a sign, then it's true. And hoochie mama, by the way, is from Seinfeld. Hoochie mama! Hoochie mama! I think that's what Frank Costanza said. I don't know. I think I'm right on that. If not, kill me. Uh, <laughs> what a shocker here. Barcelona is, uh, well, you soccer guys, FC Barcelona, I should say it right, right? They're probing. They're getting probed. Uh, uh. You know, those of us that go to the doctor and he puts on the glove, we understand what a good probe is. I always tell the doctor when he does that, it's usually my guy, Dr. Rink. I go, doc, I don't know who I'd rather be right now, me or you. And he just says, yeah, you've used that 80 times. I go, no, I can't stop. Leave me alone. Well, Barcelona is getting probed. That's right, probed for bribery. Listen to this. They've been charged with suspected bribery, payments of more than $7 million, which is $7.3 million, made to companies linked to the former vice president of the refereeing committee, Jose Maria Enriquez. Wow. This guy... Barca, well, not this guy, Barca, Barcelona has been previously charged with corruption, corruption in business, 
False administration, falsification of commercial documents. Barcelona, baby, what are we doing? I don't know if that's FC Barcelona or regular Barcelona, but it's Barca frickin' Lona. Well, come on. Look, if you don't think that goes on all the time in anything done overseas where they're very lax on enforcement, you're cra- you crazy. Well, all right. Hey, look, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And all Barcelona did was say, hey, look, we like this company. It's ironical that Jose Maria, whatever his name is, just happens to be the, uh, well, the former vice president of it. Ah. Hey, I got some sad news. John Adams, great dude. Everybody in basketball knows the great John Adams. John Adams was the head of officiating for NCAA basketball for a long, long time. More importantly to me, I consider John Adams a friend. We went to lunch a month or so ago and just talked, and I could tell that he was really struggling, but he's a very tough man. John Adams passed away last night, and the basketball community mourns. The basketball community comes together when there are special people, and John Adams is one, was one of those special people. His sons uh, are into coaching. John was into uh, organizing, and he raised the level of NCAA officials, and he brought common sense to NCAA officials like nobody ever had. And I, I'm saddened for John and his, fam- or his family, and uh, heaven just got a hell of a man because John Adams is one, was one great dude. Rest in peace, my friend. Uh, Big spending. Big spending. I'm going to go to this. You know what big spending is? Remember what I just told you about Barcelona? Well, guess what? The Saudis are going to do it. We know they're going to do it. The Saudis will look to tempt Premier League referees. Really? The Saudis don't care. Here's the deal. I said this last week. We worry about words. We want to make sure that 0.00001%, the dudes that like to dress up as chicks, uh, are taken care of. We're afraid to speak on real issues, like who's actually doing the majority of murders in this country and where is the leadership in those communities. We can't do that in this world. Saudis don't care about any of it. You know what they're about? They're about making money. Uh, You can get mad about it. We can talk about sports washing. You can talk about whatever you want. So when I saw the Saudis are investing all this money, first thing I thought it was this right here. Big spending Saudis hit the gas on mega sports spending. Uh, They will, quote, look to tempt Premier League referees next. Uh Uh-huh. Why is that, you wonder? Well, the Premier League is a cash cow. And what they want invested in, they want to win. And they don't really care about little words. They don't really care that six years ago, some high school student put on his Twitter a bad word. So we must cancel that particular guy or player or whatever. They don't care. And of course, they're going to tempt the referees. Of course. And you know what that means? The same thing I was talking to you about Barcelona, bribery peoples. That's what it means. We're going to bribe yes. We're going to bribe yes because our team wants to win. And if we win, our team is worth more. See what I did there? GDP is what they're interested in. 1% growth last year being in sports for the Saudis. They wanted to get to 1.5 this year. Don't at me, people. That's the way the world works. The world doesn't work the way we work it. Oh, my God, six years ago, he said the word black, not African-American. He's a racist. Don't worry about that. Nobody worries about that. We worry about that. Did you know 10 years ago? 
Oh my God. Shut up. Anyway, I'm just saying. Saudis are coming, sports are going to get fixed, and there's going to be scandals. Book it, Dano. Support for Alligator Wally. That's right. Alligator Wally. Apparently, there's something going on. Let's see. We got Philly captain on the scene. Hey, you said Phillies won't let them in? They don't, even though it, it has an emotional support animal. He's not a service animal, he's an ESA animal. Okay. How many ESA alligators are there? One in the world, all history. And that's him? That's only one. And a movie star. What movie was he in? He's Loki Gator on the show Loki. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, it's always the same people. I mean, it's always a fat woman, always a fat dude, always kind of hill jacks. You know what I mean? I, it's always the same people. It is. It's always the same people. Hey, let me tell you something. I'm not letting an alligator in. That support stuff is interesting. We got a support dog. Why? Because we wanted to stay at a hotel. And we had Lula with us, so we sent in the paperwork. And they came back, yeah, it's a support dog. The whole thing is crap. Dogs are great. Dogs can do a lot of things. I learned. I've given and been a part of a couple different organizations here at Indy. But look, you're bringing an alligator into a sporting event. Here's what you should do. Back in the day, guys in a white truck with white suits would come, slap a little bit of a restraining device on you, and off you'd go to the home. It's always the same people. You ever see a skinny hot mom yelling at their kids outside a grocery store? Of course you don't. Who do you always see? It's always the biggins, and it's no different right there. I'm just telling you. It's always the biggins. Uh, disturbing story out of Cleveland. How many times has that been said? Uh, Terry Francona, who I believe just coached his last home game or managed his last home game with the Indians. At least that's what my friend Kevin Custer says. Uh, well, let me show you. We got a little graphic on this. And by the way, it is graphic. Terry Francona is not happy. Terry Francona is not happy because somebody took a dump on his scooter. Terry Francona's scooter was stolen again. It was beaten up pretty bad. And well, the worst part was they defecated on it. Look, people in Cleveland are savages. People in big cities run by Democrats are animals. At least that's the way they're acting now. And that's what animals do if you're going to just take a dump on somebody's car. Animals just crap everywhere. Humans aren't supposed to. So if you're going to act like an animal and take a crap on everything, look, Here's what I do. I don't know. Do any of you have dogs? Do any of you have dogs? I think you do. What do you do? You let Lula outside to do what? Take a crap. Where? Outside. I understand a cat may take a crap inside, but people are acting like animals. That's Francona. Is he taking a dump on a scooter? No. All he's doing is riding his scooter to the game. But somebody's going to take a crap on it? I'm mad about this. Look, I'm a great outdoor urinator. I am a farm animal when it comes to golfing and being outside. But I'm not just crapping on people's property. I'm not taking a dump in the street like we got the idiots here. People are acting like animals. Don't crap on people's stuff. Terry Francona. You know, isn't that amazing? A sports guy could say anything. If this was just Terry Francona walking in the game, nobody would even pay attention. But a guy that wins a few games, everybody's laughing. Tee, tee, I love it. I do. I love it. 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 I, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm looking here, and the United States getting that ass whooped. We're going to talk to Mike Breen about it. Mike Breen is one, uh, well, was the National Golf Teacher of the Year. 
Uh, he is. Uh, he also does a show called Course Record on CBS Sports. I'm going to try to find out what the hell's going on around here. Are we just soft? Zach Johnson. I got two words for you, Zach Johnson. It ain't your fault. Players play. Tired of hearing about the coach in every sport. I also, hey, I got a big-time bet for you today. We're going to win a lot of money on it. I got a house bet. I got other bets. I got a lot of stuff coming up here. Where are you going? Stay right here. And do yourself a favor. Retweet this stuff and tell your friends. We'll be right back. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You guys know on this show that we go big. Like Ted Cruz, Big Vec Mama Swami, Barkley. I mean, we go big on this show. We don't mess around. We get national golf teachers of the year on this show. We get national <laughs> golf hosts when we decide we're going to talk about this debacle that is the Ryder Cup. And Mike Breed is both maybe the most popular voice in golf, uh, except for Brandel Chambly, who's just going to say something <laughs> and people are going to lose their mind. Hey, Mike, this is an ass whooping we're seeing here. What is going on in the Ryder Cup? Well, I think there have been a couple of curious decisions. I think when you leave three players on the bench starting out. I mean, it's like basketball, right? You're not going to start your point guard, your leading scorer and, and your big man in the paint. You're going to put a, you're going to go small lineup and hope that it works out for you. He leaves uh, Jordan Spieth on the bench. He leaves Justin Thomas on the bench. He leaves Brooks Kepka with five majors on the bench in the opening uh, for some play. And the next thing you know, we are down four early and it is ugly. And now it's, it's even uglier in the afternoon. You got uh, McElroy and Fitzpatrick are six up. They are playing some golf, and we are just walking around with. You know, they put no socks on at the opening ceremony. I think in the, in this in this play, they've got the socks over their head, and they're not even looking at what's going on. It's ugly. God dang! All right, look. If you want to say that Thomas hadn't played well, and you benched him, fine. But I got to tell you. I almost want Brooks Kepka leading the charge. Like, I, I want Brooks Kepka out first whooping somebody's ass and letting them know about it, Mike. Yeah, well, what you want, too, is you want emotion. And you want that, yes. that guy that's that, that, you know, that, that energy charger to fight off all this stuff. And that's where JT sits. Like, he's, a, he's an emotional energy guy. He and Jordan Spieth have been, have been lifelong friends, been playing golf with one another since they were what, four or five? I mean, it's nuts how long. they and, and they're sitting on the bench. And then you have Kepka, who just basically this guy was born with a chip on his shoulder and he carries it with him. He went mullet for the occasion and they still stuck him on the bench. How do you bench a mullet in golf? Come on. Exactly. No dirt would be out there. Exactly. <laughs> Is this, I, I, I full disclosure, I've had it on all morning, but I didn't necessarily get up at 1 a.m. or whatever it was to watch. 
Has this been a function of the Europeans just playing a lot, I mean, a lot better? I mean, are they playing spectacular golf or, you know, some, in my group, par wins a lot. You know what I mean? Has <laughs> this been spectacular golf by the Europeans or bad golf by the Americans or both? No, I think it's been a couple of things. I, th- I think it's been calculated golf. I think Luke Donald has done a, a fabulous job putting this this team together and then orchestrating how he's going to put them out. And so I think that there's a lot of wisdom and a lot of research uh, that has gone into getting this team as mentally and physically prepared as they possibly can be. Um, and then I, I think what you have is a, I think you have a U.S. squad that kind of looks at the at the scoreboard beforehand and goes, well, you know, all 12 of us are in the top 30 in the official world golf rankings. This isn't going to be as close as, as we expect it to be. And this golf course at Marco Simone is a golf course that feels like a U.S. golf course. It's going to be hot, and it is. And all of a sudden, the next thing you know, everybody goes, well, you know what? We're going to be fine. We're, we're, going, to, we're going to be just fine. We, don't have, we can rest some people. Well, no, you can't rest people. You know this from coaching. You got to win the first five minutes. You got to win the last five minutes of all those periods and all those quarters. And the first five minutes is essential. And we got smoked in the first five minutes. Man, oh, man. Um, is there any way back from this? I mean, we've seen miracles before, that kind of thing. But you've been around this this competition. Uh, I would always say in basketball, yeah, go hit your next six threes and get a defensive stop, and you're right back in this bad boy. But is there a way back in golf in this? Well, listen, you know, I, I had the great privilege of, of uh, learning from a, a great basketball coach, Hal Nunley, who was a, a Division II icon basketball coach. Oh, yeah. And he told me that in every single situation, there's always a moment where you can turn it around uh, and win, whether you're losing by a pile or losing by a little. You got to recognize the moment. You got to recognize the solve in the moment. What does the U.S. need to do? Well, they, they've got to, they have got to come out of this afternoon session 3-1. And if they come out of this afternoon session 3-1, and all of a sudden you go into uh, tomorrow's play on Saturday down two, I think you've got a chance. But if you come out of this losing 3-1, I think it is a, an awful situation. So I think not only does Zach Johnson and his uh, vice captain sees uh, in, individuals that are, that are sitting in, that, in those seats have to understand what they have to do, but the players have to start hitting shots. And in this better ball format, it's really about the players playing great golf. And right now, um, the, the emotion isn't there. You're playing an away game, so, so the, the emotion has to come from within. And when you start to, to gain that emotion, now you got a chance. That's the only way they're going to get it done. Three ones a tall task. I'm looking right now. It's two. Well, one is six. So basically, one's over, and then it's one one and tied. So you know you got a chance, I suppose. But you got to get it going. Hey, let me go to this. Um, when you look at pairings, and most people say, "Well, these guys like each other or don't like each other," but when you look at real pairings for something like this. How important is it to have guys that play the same? How important is it to have the guys that are a little bit different? Or how important is it to have guys that are much different? Well, I think when you're when you're talking on the about course, forcing, on the course, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, on the course, yeah. I, I think when you're talking about foursome play, where they're playing alternate shot, I think that that there is something to similar games, 
Um, you know, there are like Brian Harmon, he's used to being in the fairway. The guy is one of the most accurate players on the PGA tour. You put him with somebody who is driving it all over the place. That's probably, he's out of his element at that point. So I think in foursome play, it is really advantageous to have like games going together. Um, in four ball play, I think you have to have an alpha. And I think you have to have somebody that is a high energy guy, which is why I think that that pairing of, of uh, Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas works so well. But I also think that what you have to do is you have to get momentum. That's the most important thing. How do you gain momentum? You know this better than most. I mean, momentum comes in the forms of a lot of different things, but one of the keys is great play. And you have to have great play. And right now, they're just not getting it. Yeah, you know, it, it, you make such a good point there. Like, if, if I am a fairway guy and I'm hitting out of trouble all the time, I, I might as well just be another guy. That's You got to, in my opinion, put guys in the position that got them there, whatever that is. Does that make sense? Totally, and you know this from basketball, right? There are certain players that like certain places on the court to get the golf ball or get the basketball and shoot the shot. And so if you're giving them the ball in their area that they're comfortable in, they've got a better chance of, of having success. And I do think that the same is true in the game of foursome golf, right? So if Brian Harmon is a guy that, you know, if he's a little closer to the hole even and he's in the fairway, he's going to have success. But when you start putting him in the rough and you start putting him in challenging situations, it becomes extremely, extremely difficult for him to have success. So I do think that in force and play, it's vital to have similar games together. Yeah, we have a saying when I play, I play golf damn near every day. It's all I do. I mean, what do I do? And, there, you know, it, it's kind of like when a guy starts bitching about losing money or not getting enough strokes and his handicap, we're doing it right. Uh, we had to say, we have a say, hey, play better. Just it's play exactly better. Right. And we saw that, right? I mean, play better. And Kepka said that to the others at Live, you know, Dustin Johnson and, and DeChambeau, play better. Will we ever stop talking about Live guys here? What's the, what's the deal? Well, I think this. I think in order to play better, truthfully, you got to putt better. You, it, it, this is the way the Ryder Cup is. Like, you, you drive it in the fairway, there's not an emotional charge out of a, a fairway hit. You don't get necessarily an emotional charge from a green hit or a shot hit close to the hole. But where you get your emotion is making putts. And right now, the U.S. squad isn't making the putts that they need to make. Now, you could argue that they're not hitting it close enough to the hole. My, my belief is it doesn't matter. If you're 20 feet or two feet, you got to make the putt. You just got to make the putt. You've got an open shot. you got to make the shot. And so, to me... The energy, the emotion, all that stuff comes out of this. I agree with you. Play better is of vital, vital importance. But you got to putt better in order to play better. And they're not putting as well as they need to putt. And that has to change right now. Because they don't have – if they get – if they go down 3-1 in this afternoon session, it's over. I mean, put the nails in the coffin and, and bring in everybody because you're going to be singing whatever song is the burial song. <laughs> yeah yeah hey look man people ask me hey break down this game in basketball i'm like well let me look at it at teams are similar okay whoever makes more shots is gonna win these guys are pros <laughs> like like you know people think people think a guy makes a 20-foot putt and they equate it to themselves which happens once every two rounds they don't, hey look pros are they're pros make the freaking shot Make a 15-footer that's straight up the hill. I mean, what? Yeah. 
And I, I'll tell you this, the one difference between um, other sports and this particular sport of golf, and specifically Ryder Cup, in, in, in normal golf, you don't see uh, players missing putts and the, the fans applauding the missed putt or rooting against it the right. way you would uh, on a field goal or a free throw, right? But in this, in, in the Ryder Cup, you're going to hear booze. You're going to hear applause for, for bad play. Those things are going to go on. And the question is what kind of resiliency you've got uh, to be able to overcome that stuff. And I think that's another thing that's going to be of vital importance. Enjoy the silence. Let them boo you. That's fine. But you've got to overcome these moments. And, um, you, you, of course, you know the great coach, Lou Holtz. What's important now, right now, you got to make the putts and you got to push those, the, the noise. You got to ignore the picture, push the noise back and overcome the moment. And right now they're losing it. Well, my, my college coach, I'll never forget as a freshman, I'm sitting there during a timeout and we've just, we know the game is over on the road and coach Knight wasn't so eloquent. He would say, listen to these mother, not say a word, listen to these mother. They're not saying a word. That's what we want on the road. And that's what you want yeah. on the road. The sound of silence, Mike. That's it. That's the deal. And they're not getting it. They're not. And, and what they've got to do is they've got to do it by making putts. Yeah, you got to get in the fairway. I get it. But you got to figure out how to make putts. You just have to. And, and like I said, you know, Xander Shoffley has a big putt uh, in this afternoon play of about five and a half feet. And, and they, the uh, European team, Matt Fitzpatrick, has already made his putt for birdie. You got to make that putt. You simply have to make that putt. And he misses the putt. And all of a sudden, you have a chance to kind of fight off some of that emotional energy. And you don't take advantage of it. That putt has to go in. And you know this as well as anybody. You're standing on that free throw line. That free throw is important two minutes into the game, but it's vital with a minute to go in the game and the score, to, and you have to step up and, and seize the moment, and they're not. About a thousand years ago, Key Smart hit a fallaway jump shot for us to win a national championship. I tell people all the time, I got a national championship ring because the kid made a jump shot. All the other crap, it didn't matter when the guy, you made a jump shot, that's it. Hey, Mike, I hope you'll come back, man. That was fun stuff. Thank you so much. Anytime. Anytime. And thank you, Dan. I appreciate it. Great energy. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's Michael Breen. Golf Coach of the Year. That's right. Golf Coach of the Year. You can hear him, see him on Course Record on CBS Radio, and you can tell why his show is so popular. He's smart as hell, practical, and he's got great energy. And let's go. That's what we do on this show. And look, I'm going to watch, and this is what sucks. I'll tell you what sucks about this being a route. At my age, I want appointment TV. I want my fat ass to look forward to something in the evening with a glass of wine with my wife. I want, or wake up in the morning, get coffee, and watch something that's close. My Cubs are crap in the bed. They're a game out of the wild card. So at least this weekend, I'm going to do that. But my fat ass wants appointment TV and the Ryder Cup's appointment TV, but not if they're getting their brains beat out and they can't come back. Whew. They're not giving me appointment TV. I feel like Costanza here. They're not giving me appointment TV, Jerry. Hey, I was texting with Boog Shambi, the Cubs announcers, last night. Boog is a good friend of mine. We worked together. Robert, or Ronald Acuna went with his 70th steal and his 40th home run. It's a crazy thing that he set, right? 40 home runs, 70 steals. My boy, the Boogie Man, last night or two nights ago, along with Jim Deshays, who I love as an announcing pairing, 
Well, they weren't happy. The 70th steal resulted in the game being stopped, the bat, or the, I guess the, the, the base being taken, and a video montage in the middle of a game. He didn't break Babe Ruth's record. Let's hear from Boog and J.D. And we're really stopping the game. Can, to do can, a can, we, get, can we get the can we get the can we get the base after the game? To, I mean, this is this is pretty absurd. I mean, it, it's just a hell of an accomplishment. Totally, but you but can't stop the game and run a highlight montage. And people lost their minds, right? I mean, we're supposed to celebrate. Uh, 4070 is an incredible accomplishment. 4070 is like off the change, yo. And the dude is a hell of a baseball player. And the Reds, I'm going to go put money on the Reds to win the World Series after watching them three straight this weekend. But I got to tell you, do you stop the game? I'm sure Dylan thinks you do because Dylan's a Braves fan. I think Dylan's a Braves fan. I know Clay is. I just figure everybody in Nashville is either a Reds fan. Yeah, I knew Dylan was. So he's sitting there gloating about my freaking Cubs crapping the bed two out of three and losing all three and falling a game behind in the wild card. I swear to God, if they don't make the playoffs, I'm going to run in. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. I don't know. I have been naked and poured beer on myself when the Cubs got into the playoffs in college. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I will tell you this. The Cubs need to get into the playoffs. All right? Uh, I don't know what this is about. The brave Spencer Strider is a little pissed. He's a little pissed. Fellas, play the video. What's Spence all mad about? Do you have any hot sports takes? Any hot sports takes? Absolutely, there should be no fans. 2020 season, no fans. Get rid of the fans. It's too loud. Too loud? It's too okay. loud. Everybody be quiet. We don't, we don't need the, the cheering. We know you're watching. I don't need the fans. Uh, you, you stay outside the stadium. You, I mean, back it up. <laughs> Let's do like a no lower bowl thing. You know, okay. just kind of, you know, yeah, upper deck's like great. Upper deck's great. Outfield, phenomenal. Well, we don't, we don't need you around the dugouts. Right. Just, just try and be quiet. He was 100% joking. So don't get your titties in a twist, as they say, or your panties in a bunch, or your bald head a rubbing. That's what I do when I'm confused. I go Curly Neal. Not Curly Neal, Curly... Uh, of the Three Stooges. Jeez, Curly Neal's the greatest dribbler in the history of basketball. Are you kidding me? But he was bald. He was, and he had a headband, which is how I'm going to play golf the next time. He was joking, people. He was joking. I can hear, you know, the purple-haired mamas. I can't believe. I can't believe Major League Baseball. I take my son to the games, and he's a fan, and if he can't go, I'm going to be sad. Oh, shut up. Oh, just hush. Just hush. Hush. But anyway, look, at the end of the day, that's what the deal is. Fans need to be louder. Fans need to do his, their thing. And guess what? Players need to be funny. And that was good. That was good. Just stop it, stupid. Hey, uh, there's a big in named Meatball. Meatball's an influencer. Meatball is the big in that live streamed the looting going on in Philadelphia by criminals. You say whatever you want. Look at this big, ah, oh, ain't she pretty? Anyway, uh, this idiot gets on her phone, live streams it, and gets arrested. Now, she was all brassy and bold 
when she was live streaming while she and her compadres were taking other people's stuff. And that's what you do when you loot. You're taking other people's stuff. You have no respect for the rule of law. You have no respect for people. You have no respect for yourself. But you know what? People will defend you. I will not. You're an idiot. You're a criminal. And I hope you go to jail. This clown went to jail and she wasn't so tough. You can't arrest me. I'm Meatball. Well, I know why they call you Meatball. She's crying. She stayed in jail about 10 minutes because you know the deal in big cities that are run by Democrats. They can't prosecute nobody because they'll lose their base. That's the way it works. That's the way it works here with Ryan Mears, the prosecutor. He's And everybody in that base knows it and thinks it's idiotic and are affected by it. But you know what? You're not allowed to say it. But old Meatball here, uh, she got her ass thrown in jail and she went from the mouth out big mama of riots to, well, being teary-eyed old meatball. All right. Hey, Magic Johnson, when Magic Johnson weighs in, we either laugh or go, huh, and bypass it. Because Magic Johnson on Twitter, I like Magic Johnson. I always said Magic was a lot better than Bird, and I like watching Magic better than Bird. And in the great state of Indiana, that, ladies and gentlemen, is sacrilege. I liked Winning Time, too. Although I realized in Winning Time that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I guess we all knew this, is just a big old racist. Why is always white boy? Anyway, Magic, if he got more than five championships, if he got more than three finals MVP, three league MVP, then he's the greatest, is he? But the last time I checked, he doesn't. If he got more than five, I love it when people try to be things that they aren't. But hey, anyway, Magic Johnson posted, so we're all supposed to believe it. Look, the GOAT is stupid to argue in NBA basketball. I mean, if you go by numbers, nobody even close to Wilt Chamberlain. But if you say Wilt Chamberlain, then people say, well, you know, he played in this era. Okay, great. Uh, If you go by who I think, uh, watching basketball. Two guys stand out to me. I didn't watch Will Chamberlain. I did watch Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and that was a bad man. Although, screw Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and his racist white boy stuff. We knew it was there, but to see it on video sucked. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you're just another racist. Just stop with the racism. Anyway, uh, best I ever saw, I assume, was Michael Jordan, but that guy's in the conversation. I mean, I remember watching Magic Johnson in college going, this is just different. First I ever heard of him as a guard was in a Sports Illustrated article. And then I saw him. I went, whoa. And then I wanted to be him. And I couldn't. I wanted to. I played with a smile. I dribbled real fast. And I made fancy passes for a while. And maybe that's why I was on the JV in, as a junior. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right. Well, now here's the Bears. We were gonna. What, 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 what happened was we were gonna. No, seriously. We were gonna draft Patrick Mahomes. There was a scenario where they were gonna draft Patrick Mahomes. Guess what they didn't do? They didn't draft Patrick Mahomes. Guess what you did? You drafted Mitch Trubisky. Guess what happened? You got your fired. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't know, up to 24 hours before the draft, we did not know who Cleveland was going to take. We knew it was going to be Mitch or Miles Garrett. We knew that that information. They made their final decision, what I was told. The coaches wanted Garrett. Personnel wanted Mitch. From that point on, we knew we were going to get Mitch. 
whether it was at three or four prior to 24 hours before the draft, we knew there was a scenario where we would take Patrick Mahomes. The scenario was, who do we take at three? Do you take it to position player? Do you take Patrick or do you try to trade back? Knowing Patrick probably wouldn't go in the top 10. That was a scenario. That's cool. That's cool. There are scenarios in all of these things, right? There are scenarios everywhere you look. You can't swing a dead cat without a woulda, coulda, shoulda. But that dead cat has now since passed. And that dead cat is now watching Mitch Trubisky. I think he's probably in the league somewhere. Uh, I also think we're watching maybe the greatest quarterback of all time when he's done. I mean, there's going to be an argument to be made. I think that Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback ever. Now, am I? Oh, hey, man, until, until he gets rings, I don't want to hear about it. Okay, until he gets rings, I don't want to hear about it. All right. All right. I know. The third team all-defensive end uh, has spoken with his letter jacket. That was Josh Lucas, by the way, who was the Bears guy talking about it. And look, uh, if I were associated with that pick, I would distance myself from that pick. What I would say would be this. You know, I told those guys they should pick Patrick Mahomes. I don't know what they were thinking. I'll show it to you. I got the receipts. Like, I would write up receipts for every guy. I, I want you all to pick X. I want you. And then when it, <laughs> when it is over and you date it and you crimple it up, and then when you get to this point and you're trying to get a job, you pull it out, you go, look, this is what I sent to the GM. And he didn't take my advice. I'm sorry. Hey, look, if you're going to pay me with that brush, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, all right. <sighs> AOC, she's mad. AOC's mad. For some reason, AOC, and I'm not talking about Aiden O'Connell. I'm talking about this clown. Well, this clown, a freedom fighter. She's really stupid. I heard her speaking the other day. But anyway, AOC's mad that Elon Musk is going to the border. Why do Democrats want so badly corruption to have? Boy, math is needing 15 attempts to count the votes correctly to become the speaker and then shutting down the government nine Days later, well, she's mad about that. All right, well, she's mad about O'Connell. Don't we have a little audio? Don't we have a little video here? Uh, no one's dumber than AOC. When it comes to people coming to New York City today, are nothing. I'm telling you, nothing compared to the daily amounts of people that we saw coming in from through Ellis Island in the first half of this century. You're seeing, you know, more than. 12 million immigrants that passed through Ellis Island between 1892 and 1954. And we had seen just huge numbers of people coming in per day that had that far eclipsed, um, far eclipsed what we're seeing right now. This AOC lady is actually important. I mean, this idiot is actually important. Now, I don't know about you, but the country was a little different when Ellis Island was rocking and rolling. I don't know about you, but there were checks and balances. When uh, my grandparents came over from Serbia, she's comparing legal immigration to illegal immigration. This is how stupid this people is. Uh, she's a complete moron. And she's a leader? She's a leader in this country? Why? I mean, I, I guess she's pretty. I mean, is that what we do? Is that, like, are her constituents so stupid? 
Now, I guess her political machine is such that because she goes like this and gives you all that stuff that, you know what, endears her to whatever community she's trying to endear herself to, but she's an idiot. You got legal immigration. Where's your papers? As opposed to a bunch of criminals coming from Venezuela, Brazil, Russia, Moscow, you name it. They're coming from it. Cartels are making billions. But she's comparing, that's how stupid she is. That's how desperate for corruption Democrats are. It's really amazing if you think about it. We want to defend corruption. We want to defend the destruction of our country at all costs. There was a day, now people always complain about politics, but there was a day when people actually did work together and did care about the country. I mean, look, she's cute, but she's an idiot. Honest to God. And she is something that our country, we are supposed to pay attention to. It's amazing. Uh, We'll be right back. Joe Kinsey, we got hot women coming up. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. And I don't know, Jennifer, he may have sprinkled in a little bit of, oh, you know, a little tush. We'll be right back with the man from Screen Caps, Joe Kinsey. Looking for the hottest sports book offers at OutKick? Find exclusive promotions, expert picks, and the latest odds. Get in the game at OutKick.com backslash bet. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the OutKick network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You know, you know him, you love him, you read him, you see him. Joe Kinsey is a freedom fighter. Yeah, he is. He's a freedom fighter. He's a patriot. He's a man of the people. Women want to get with him. Men just want to be around him. That, ladies and gentlemen, is my friend, the host, the star, the writer, the videographer, the editor, you name it. He does it for screen caps, which is on Outkick.com and Outkick Twitter and Outkick Facebook. And ladies and gentlemen... It is stealing the nation because, Joe, I would describe screen caps as just a bunch of stuff guys want. Would that be accurate? Dan, once again, it is everything that men want. It's everything they need on a Friday, a Monday. You know, you come back to work on Monday. You're miserable. You just want to cheer up a little bit. That's the goal of screen caps, Dan. I can't paint the picture any better than I do when I say just click on it on a daily basis, become a daily reader, put it in your routine, and you'll be happier in life, Dan. See, I said earlier, we don't go small here. Uh, If you're going to be, quote, happier in life, that means that you're big enough for this show. Roll the tape. I want to see what we got here, Joe. Dan, I can't see a damn thing on the screen today, so I'm blind. All I see is program audio. You're going to have to walk me through this. I'll, I'll talk over the stuff, but you got to paint a picture for me. I can't see anything. Looks like we are currently at Oktoberfest, and there is a hot mama in one of those uh, St. Pauli girl outfits hoisting a mug the size of my head. And by the way, I have a size 8 head. Uh, I've seen a lot of this lately. This is yeah. Oktoberfest. This is a beautiful woman. 
And I've seen a lot of hot mamas in the St. Pauli girl hoisting beers these days, big boy. Dan, the Bavarian beauties, as they are called on Instagram, have had a spectacular year. It's been huge for Oktoberfest. I don't know if you saw the the Bavarian beauty that was carrying 13 beer mugs, Dan. That's 65 pounds of glass and suds. She's carrying around all those 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 giant steins of 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 beer and guys just can't get enough of this because look at the smiles on their faces everybody's happy that is the difference dan it's germany at its finest they're all happy they're all having a good time drinking beer eating i don't know whatever they're eating bratwurst whatever and sucking down a bunch of beer what a life you know, I had a couple of friends that went to Oktoberfest, and that is Oktoberfest with the big tables. And he said Oktoberfest is great, except except the puking. All people do is puke. I mean, there is puke everywhere at October because people get going a little crazy. But I saw the young lady carrying the 60-some pounds, and I got to tell you, I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was about as impressive as anything. It's one of the biggest athletic feats I've seen in years. I mean, that is athleticism. Can an NFL linebacker go up a set of stairs holding 65 pounds in glass and beer? I don't think they can. She is an athlete, Dan. Debate me all you want. Yeah. I'm not debating that one. I'm not debating that at all. Max, roll tape. Roll the tape. I can't see anything, but you're going to have to paint the picture. All right, we've got a lady who is laying down, uh, uh-huh. face forward, and okay. it looks like she is going to shoot a, uh, an, uh, uh, some kind of a machine gun here. It looks machine gunny. Uh, what are we seeing here, Joe? Well, I can't see it, Dan, but I am going to try to paint oh. a picture here. I, I Listen, guns, ladies, America, screen caps. Always try to have guns in the screen caps models. If a screen caps model has a gun, that content goes right up to the top, Dan, because we support 2A around here. We support Instagram models. And that's going to be in screen caps because guys want to see what the ladies are shooting because we know that guys will go out and buy the guns for their wives. So this is all this is all premeditated, Dan. This isn't this just doesn't happen. This is editorial work at its finest. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Uh, the Chocolate Factory, Tex Re Marie. She's not, I'm not going to sugarcoat the truth. I'm not Willy Wonka. I don't know what all that means. I don't know anything about this. But a woman laying face down with her eyesight on a gun is, well, it's all good by me, Jolton Joe. It is. I'm sorry. It's, it's perfect. It is. It's America. Next. Yes. Roll it. What do we oh, have on man. It's a painting of the dude that said he went to heaven on the golf course. He stole the ball of a group and took off his shirt. Joe, is this guy a hero or a clown? Uh, he's a clown. Great question. And he's a clown because I think he's actually dangerous, Dan. You know Northwest Ohio. You know what kind of people yeah. mix in around here. He's from out near the Indiana line, Archbold, Ohio. 
I think he's a clown. He's very dangerous. He has multiple arrests on his record. If he was a hero, he wouldn't have domestic violence charges and a bunch of crap on his record. I want him to be a hero, but I have to call him a clown, Dan. But great art. I mean, that is what you want to see on the internet. Paint the picture for us. Uh, have fun with it. You know, he's a jerk, but uh, it, it's fun art. I think he's one of the biggest jackasses that I have seen uh, ever. Like, I, you know, like nonviolent crime division, although apparently he is violent. I'm watching this guy and I'm thinking to myself, this guy's insane. Like, this isn't right. There's something going on here. This guy is nuts. And uh, I like that we got artwork. It's like the evolution of idiot. And uh, away we go. Shirt off, the final idiot. So I guess good for us. Good for him. All good right, art. next. Next, roll Good up. art. Well, hello. Well, we're shaking the money make. Uh-oh, here she is. Can't see it. Uh-uh. There it is. That's our girl carrying the beers. That's our girls. More oh. girls carrying the beers. We, we got them carrying the beers. That's they read my mind this week, I man. Mean, the, edit, the, the producers read my mind. Can you, you know, I, I got to say, um, if I were working in a restaurant or I owned a restaurant and I had complaining employees, I'd have this on a loop. And then everybody goes, zomete, zomdete, zomzak, zak, zak, eins, try, jai, pechak, and then they drink. My roommate, Uwe Blop, was a German. We used to do that a lot. Drink. All right, what's next? What do we got next? What's next? What? Ah, bro. Uh-oh, we got softball. El hombre arena. I don't know. It looks gone. Oh, guy hit a home run and climbed the fence Jimmy Pearsall style. He's at the top of the fence. It looks like a slow-pitch softball game. Now he's walking. He's behind. He's pumping his chest. The crowd is on their feet. They're going nuts. El hombre arena has absolutely lost his ever-loving mind. He's pimping, he's styling, he's a little bit of a Walenda, he's walking across, and in a slow-pitch softball game. Oh boy, hit a home run, Joe. This is men being men right here. That is, Dan, it's men being men. I don't even remember posting it, but I'm just, I, I'm going in blind here. I, I Thank you for the what you just painted the picture. It was beautiful. Can't see a thing. Guy... Guy in the back, long time ago, Jimmy Pearsall was insane, and he used to say he had the papers to prove it. And he climbed the backstop after hitting a Major League Baseball home run. He also ran around the bases backwards after home run, meaning he went third, second, first, and home. He was a great announcer. I've never seen anybody else other than Elio uh, Castroneves climb the fence when he wins the uh, Indy 500. But, Joe, this is spectacular. El Hombre Aranya decided to hit a home run, and he's climbing. He's not messing around. Good for him, man. Good for him. Love the energy. We got any more? What's uh, Let me see. Is there any, any more? That's it. Joe? That's it. What are we doing this weekend? Uh, Buckeyes escaped. I know you were yelling and screaming. Uh, Lou Holtz said they're not physical. Everybody lost their mind. I know you're a big Buckeyes fan. What say you after last weekend? 
Well, I remember last week you asked me what I was taking. I said, take the points, three and a half. I win. Uh, listen, I, I, you know, I wasn't a big fan of the Ryan Day stuff afterwards. It feels weak to me. You might disagree, Dan, but here is a Buckeye fan. I need this coach to quit thinking Lou Holtz is in your brain. You got to get Lou Holtz out of your brain. It's good for our business, but it's bad for our Buckeyes, Dan. Harbaugh is going to use it as is uh, he's going to weaponize those comments from Ryan Day. It's going to be ugly. Ryan Day better be ready for Michigan this year. Damn it, the the rushing defense better toughen up. But uh, because listen, Notre Dame ran the ball pretty good, right, Dan? Yeah, Notre Dame was idiots. They should have got that into me, and he'd have ran all over it. But look, how yeah. is he going to weaponize? How is Harbaugh? You Ohio State fans are in, don't become insecure about the, the university up north, Joe. Don't worry about what Harbaugh's going to do. We ain't worried about that. I love what they did. Good for him. When you win a game, you feel bulletproof. Lou Holtz was in his sights. I love what Lou did. Lou didn't back down. But why, where to Ohio State, why are we defensive about what Harbaugh might do? Oh, my God, Joe, say it ain't so. Because Ryan Day is weak against Harbaugh. Harbaugh's going to mess with him mentally. It was one thing for Lou Holtz to get into his brain. It's another for Harbaugh to be in his brain. Ryan Day is fighting for his life. He's mentally a mess. He's commenting about the best. Dan, there's a video out today of Ryan Day being asked about the most romantic thing he has done for his wife lately. And he answered by beating Notre Dame. It's sickening. I can't stand it. Notre Dame's in his head. Move on, Ryan Day. We have bigger fish to fry. All right. Hey, all right. I like the level. I do. I like the level that Ohio State fans put the football program. I hate the level that Indiana basketball fans now put on Indiana. So I'm jelly. As my daughter says, I'm jelly. I'm sitting here very jelly of you. So there you go. Thanks, Joe. All right, Dan. See you. He's the senior director of content here at OutKick. He is Joe Kinsey. And Joe's screen caps is fantastic. I mean, look, in a world where I don't even know if guys are allowed to look at women anymore, I don't know what the hell we're allowed to do. And I'm starting not to care. But I got to tell you, uh, I don't know. What do you want me to do? I I don't know. Hey, let's go stock up and let's go stock down. Stock up, ladies and gentlemen. Ronald Acuna Jr. Ronald Acuna Jr., well, all he decided to do was go 40-70. 40-70. 40 home runs, 70 stolen bases. Now, I don't know what a one-tool, three-tool, four-tool, five-tool, seven. I don't know how many tools you got to have. But if you're doing what Ronald Acuna Jr. did and nobody's ever done, and there's been a lot of great players, fast players in baseball, and the pitching is harder than ever, Ronald Acuna Jr. is maybe having the best season ever for all-around baseball play. I mean, I'm just saying, you want to throw, you want to run, you want to hit. Now, as a fielder, I don't know whether Ronald Acuna Jr. is great, bad, happy, or sad, but I know this, when you look at what he's doing on the field, this is epic. I get it. The home run record that Judge set, I get it, or at least got past Roger Maris, I get it. But I got to tell you, man, if you want to talk about tools, running, jumping, throwing, Ronald Acuna Jr., you got it on. Uh, this upsets people. Hey, if you guys could take my tweet and post it, that'd be great. But this upsets people. You know, in the world that we live in, everybody wants to talk racism. 
Uh, the liberals want to divide. They don't want to come bring people together. They want to divide. Sports is no different. As soon as Henry Blackburn, the safety for Colorado State, was identified as a white dude, the black race hustlers got all over it, said it was racist to hit that Blackburn put on. The race hustlers have to have division. I said simply this. It's dudes being dudes. Travis Hunter talked. Talk to big game. You do that in football, you get your ass knocked out occasionally, and that's exactly what happened. I said it wasn't that big a deal. It wasn't that crazy big a deal. But the race hustlers on Twitter, man, the philosophers, the deep thinkers, they came at me with a vengeance. Racist, they cried. It ain't racist. I know sports. The white kid and the black kid got together, went bowling. The white kid and the black kid talked. They had a hell of a time together. I mean, look, if you're going to be a race hustler, at least race hustle on something important. Don't race hustle on nonsense. It's sports. Guys hit late. Guys get hurt. It's sports. But man, oh man, the fellas, the hustlers, the guys smoking a cigar and grabbing their chin came at me with a vengeance. And once again, they proved to be moronic. Boom. Uh, Stock up college football this weekend. I don't know if the Ryder Cup's going to make it to a stock up. I don't know. If that's what we're going to get to, I honestly don't. Like, look, United States is getting crushed. United States, though, is up in two matches, tied in another, lost one, and uh, down six in another. So I, I don't know. Honestly. It's, oh, no, I'm sorry. Down six and one, up one, tied, and two up. So maybe we're going to go up three to one, and maybe this thing. But right now it's projected at five and a half to two and a half, the United States doing what they do. So I don't know if it's stock up. I don't. Look, you got to tell me. Are you going to watch if it's a route? Are you going to wait? And Sundays, the singles, that kind of thing. Uh, stock up always to college football. I mean, let's be honest. A very underrated game is Florida-Kentucky. Is Florida real? I mean, Kentucky's not supposed to be any good. In a game that I'm looking at betting, I'm looking at taking Syracuse and seven at home. Going to be a monster crowd in the Dome. Uh, over Clemson. Now, I don't trust this, but you know what? It is what it is. Uh, it's going to be, it's always a good weekend in college football. Uh, Duke, Notre Dame. I saw Duke play. I like Notre Dame. I like Notre Dame a lot. I think Notre Dame's good. I think they got a rotten coach. Or not a rotten coach, it's a bad coach. And I'm also tempted to Indiana, Maryland. Now, I'm not giving you great games, but you know what? You're going to find a great game. You'll be watching TV, and there will be a great game. LSU Old Miss in uh, wherever the hell it is, Oxford, Oregon, Stanford. What, what would it be if we didn't talk about USC, Colorado? I'm going to take USC just for S's and G's. I'll let you figure out what S's and G's are. But we got a fantastic week coming up. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, stock down AOC. Why? Why do the squad? A bunch of dumbasses, one that married her brother. Anyway, I digress. AOC apparently, ladies and gentlemen, uh, wants to compare illegal immigration with legal immigration. That doesn't seem right, does it? Of course it doesn't. Legal should be the, defi- the definition. That's the bar. Legal. Above the bar, good. Below the bar, bad. Levels of below the bar determine the punishment. It's that Simple. Hey, can we play AOC comparing it right now? Can you guys cue that up while I'm going stock down on AOC? Numbers of when it comes to people coming to New York City today are nothing. I'm telling you, nothing 
compared to the daily amounts of people that we saw coming in from through Ellis Island in the first half of this century. You're seeing, you know, more than 12 million immigrants that passed through Ellis Island between 1892 and 1954. And we had seen just huge numbers of people coming in per day that had that far eclipsed um far eclipsed what we're seeing right now oh man and there will be people that believe that because she's pretty she's democrat and people blindly follow but if that's what you're going to do it's just another example of the stupidity i mean the one lady apparently allegedly whatever uh and her brother whatever happened there this woman I mean, what are we doing? I mean, during the pandemic, this woman complained and moaned about Florida and everything else, and she went to Florida on vacation. I mean, I, it's just absurd to me. But hey, look, nobody seems to care. Michigan State fans, you suck. You continue to suck. You will always suck. It's pretty funny. I could just say boo, and Michigan State media will go nuts. We know Sparty Land. Sparty Land is the home of America's worst college. It's the home of America's worst alumni, America's worst people. Nonviolent crime division, really non-criminal division, just stupid, insecure, and have a little brother complex. But Michigan State fans yesterday did what they do is seemingly once a week. They came at old Double D. You don't come at Double D. You try to clout chase with Double D. By the way, Double D is me. I don't fall for that crap anymore. I've grown up. I've matured. If you want to clout chase, you want to stand on my shoulders and act like you're tall, do it with somebody else because I ain't falling for y'all's crap. Y'all suck. You know you suck. You sucked when you hired uh, Mel Tucker. You sucked when you gave him a big contract. Michigan State, you sucked when you didn't do anything about Mel Tucker until he got exposed in the USA Today. The media there sucks. Why? Because you got Larry Nassar doing dastardly things for years, and the local media was so in pocket with the university, they had no idea. Then you got uh, Mel Tugger out there yanking his chain, and the local media couldn't break that either. either. Why? Because they're all in pocket. It's a university of suck. And you can clout chase me all you want, but we ain't having it. Look, Gavin Newsom... I don't know what to tell you. I don't. Uh, I, you want to be the guy, then be the guy. You are going to be the guy. You're going to be the Democratic nominee, not a human being, male or female, with a penis or without, will vote for Biden. There's no chance. People are like, you're insane to vote for Biden. So Gavin Newsom, all you got to do is not show yourself to be a complete maniac, not show yourself to be a complete liar, a fascist, a, 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 a what's the right word? Oh, yeah, a crazy person that hates America. Look, Gavin Newsom, that's all you got to do. I mean, you're telling me you cannot beat a mentally incapacitated Joe Biden or a completely whacked out, out of her mind, insane vice president? That's what you're telling me? Good move, I think, if they decide to go back and forth and have a debate between him and DeSantis. Good move for both. It separates DeSantis from the nonsense of his party. You know what I mean? Uh, Gavin Newsom wrote a book, As Goes California, My Mission to Rescue the Golden State and Save the Nation. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> That's Larry Elder's book. I like Larry Elder. 
That's his book. Look, California is a dump. California has everything going for it. And California and Gavin Newsom have made it a dump. Man. Oh, man. All right. There you go. The minimum wage in California is 20 bucks. Hey, you can vote in California if you're an illegal immigrant. Yeah, that dude's saving the nation. Yay, rock. Go fight, win. Gavin Newsom. Hey, you know what we haven't or who we have not heard from? We have not heard from Sir Charles Barkley in a while. Sir Charles scorched earth on Bama fans. Those of you that don't know, Sir Charles is an Auburn legend. Those of you that further don't know, Auburn and Alabama are, wait for it, rivals. That's right. Charles Barkley. Alabama fans are mad, saying he doesn't hate the Bulldogs. I don't understand it all. Let's go. Hear from Sir Charles. And I really don't hate Alabama. I just want to beat them. I hate their fans because they're obnoxious. Um, Because, you know, you know, they lost two games last year, and it was like, oh, kill us now. That's the end of the world. <laughs> and, you know, and then after they lost to, to, to Texas, it was like, oh, my God. We got, you got the greatest coach ever, and they butch, they're a bunch of ungrateful brats. You know, and that's the only thing I hate about Alabama. Uh, take out Alabama, insert Michigan State without the titles, without the wins, without the championships. Take out Alabama, insert your school or my school. Like, I would say Indiana fans, but Indiana fans have become Northwestern fans. If we win a game, we're excited. Indiana basketball fans, Woodson's our guys at a ninth and a third place finish with an All-American. I mean, look, at least have a bar. And that's kind of why I like Bama fans. That night, a really good time at Alabama when we went a couple years ago. But I got to tell you, I don't want to hear about it. Every school has that. And usually, it's the second school in the state. In Michigan, Michigan's the school. Michigan State's second. In Indiana, Indiana's the school. I mean, the state's named after them. Purdue's second. In Kentucky, Kentucky's the school. Louisville's second. You see where I'm going here? Iowa. Iowa's the school. Iowa State's second. It's usually an ag school that has low self-esteem and big women and ugly boys. Look it up. Tell me I'm wrong. I don't know. We're going to get flagged for this show because of I don't know. Hey, go woke. Get broke. Cornell has agreed to pay a $3 million settlement. That's right. Cornell has agreed to pay $3 million in a settlement for going woke. That's right. Cornell of the Ivy League. Did you know Cornell was in the Ivy League of Ithaca, New York? Cornell at Ithaca, New York. Well, let's see. Cornell is going to have to pay it forward. They decided that, well, we wanted to be woke. Listen to this. Alec Faber, who accused the university of breaching his contract and unjust enrichment when they shut down the campus and made students go to remote. Somehow, they settled with this guy. This guy is a genius, Alec Faber. Alec Faber got $3 million because Cornell did what every other school in America did. Now look, I ain't mad at you, but I got to tell you, good for this guy. Look, the goal of the American worker is to get paid and not work. That seems to be the goal of the American worker. I'm just saying. So Alec here figured it out. Now, I don't know about you, 
but I am a little bit tired, a little bit tired of lawsuits, but this one's beautiful. You know, I'm going to have to go, and I got family members I, that are lawyers. I'm, gonna, I'm texting them right now, hey, give me a lawsuit that we can figure out. Give me a lawsuit against something. You know what I mean? Huh? During the height of the pandemic, they shut down. If a student was enrolled at the Ithaca, New York-based institution, they might be eligible for a portion of the settlement. That's right. It's not a big settlement. They accused North, North, uh, Cornell of either refusing to reimburse or not adequately returning money to the students for tuition fees and other costs. Shocking. Shocking that a liberal university would be involved in any type of corruption. Oh, my God. I am stunned by this. Holy cow. I did not see that coming. I actually like Cornell. Lee played there in the spring. She always liked to play there. Coach was a good dude. He was battling Parkinson. I'm talking about softball now. And we would go. I would go there a couple summers or a couple uh, times this, you know, a couple years this time of year, I would go there. I liked it. I would always drive, and then Lee would come back with me, and we'd stop and get a Sando downtown Ithaca. I ain't mad at Ithaca, New York. Um, it's kind of time for players to shut up, isn't it? Like, there's a guy. There's a guy. His name is Cade McNamara. Now, Cade McNamara was a guy. He beat. He did. He beat for Jim Harbaugh, Ohio State. Now, how did Jim Harbaugh respond to that? The way a good coach does. McNamara wasn't going to be their starter. So McNamara had to transfer. All right? All right? So McNamara, in transferring to Iowa, was going to, ladies and gentlemen, well, he was going to make Iowa a new thing. Well, McNamara's team lost 31 to nothing. McNamara's coach, Brian Ferentz, got thrown under the bus. McNamara told people to say Iowa has the shoes offense in college football. Yeah. Yeah. He said it a year ago. Well, guess what? Now you're a part of it. Guess what? <laughs> you scored no points. Karma's a mother. We've seen a lot of it lately. We have. We've seen a lot of karma coming from college football, and I ain't mad about it. All right, I got a couple bets for you when we come back. I don't even know. I don't even know how you don't just bet what I tell you every week. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, 
off and running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Hey, welcome back. It's Friday. It's 12. Oh, no, it's uh, 1030. And you know what that means. That means I got to I got to give you some bets courtesy of pointsbet.com. Go to pointsbet.com. New users, ladies and gentlemen, will get a thousand dollars up to a thousand dollars in. Well, you see it. Second chance bets, protection, insurance, whatever you want to call it. Second chance bets up to a thousand bet 50. You lose. They're going to help you get $50 back in a second chance bet. It's no risk gambling. Visit outkick.com backslash bets to find out more. If you've got a gambling problem, go to 1-800-9-WITH-IT. I'm not in love with the slate. I'm not in love with the gambling slate this weekend. I just simply am not. I am going to, however, have a house bet for you that I do kind of like. I do really like. It's more psychological. It is not the house bet of the last three out of four weeks. It's a good one. It's not a great one. I'm not going to bet the big house. We're going to bet the shed on it, and we're going to get to it in a minute. But the truth of the matter is, this is not a great, great slate. But, of course, it is a slate, which means, of course, we're going to have bets. you damn right we're going to have bets, and we ain't messing around. All right, here's the deal. I like Penn State. I don't like Northwestern. I didn't like what the coach said, Franklin, about turning the volume down Penn State Northwestern. But I'm going to take 27 points, and I'm going to give it to Northwestern at Dyke Stadium or whatever the hell the stadium is called. And I'm going to tell you why. There are some teams that I feel like are going to be in the the final four in college football. Penn State is not one of them. Penn State isn't. I'm sorry. They have to earn style points. Now, fast forward three or four weeks, if they're still undefeated, then yes. But I don't think Penn State can afford to, oh, I don't know, go into Northwestern and win 14 to 10 and have anyone get all excited about them. The win is the important thing. I understand that better than anybody. But the fact of the matter is, I think Penn State is, has to cover, you know, that's only 41 to 10, you're a winner. I can see something like that happening. If I'm Penn State, I'm not taking off the gas. That happened in 93 to Penn State. That's a long time ago, I know. But, hey, everybody there has that memory. They're going to romp Northwestern. I'm not sure who's playing for who. This is totally a psychological bet more than anything else. All right, Maryland against Indiana. Maryland, I bought a half point the other day to make it 14, but now it's at 14, which scares me a bit. But I'll say this about Indiana. They got some quit in them. 
Like, you're going to say, well, Dan, the game against Akron showed they didn't. No, 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 no. The game against Akron was determined because the kicker couldn't make a 32-yard field goal. That's what the game was determined. You're going to win the game going from the two-yard line when you're a Big Ten team. But they got some dog in them. But they got a pretty good quarterback, at least the way he throws it. Now, Jackson Davis's brother, whatever, Trayvon Jackson Smith, what I don't even know his name. But I tell you what, he can sling the caca. He went to Tennessee, and he can sling. He couldn't play there. Welcome at Indiana. I don't bet ever on Indiana. And betting against Indiana is stupid, too, because Indiana got embarrassed at home and guess what? Ended up winning, which is the best way to win a game. You get embarrassed at home and you win the game. Guess what happens? You got the player's attention. You just do. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take Maryland because that guy right there, Tonga Vailoa, is just better. He's just better. I'm sorry. And when you're just better than everybody else on the other team, and I do think Maryland's athletic. Maryland coming off a nice win at Michigan State. They shouldn't be too cocky. I'm going to give the 14. I can see this game being 35-7, to 35-10, to 35-14, hell, even 35-21 with the push. I'm not going 14 and a half because that's a whole nother score, but I am going 14. The house bet I got, look, I know it's a maroon out. I know Stark Vegas is going to be jumping. But I like teams and I like players that go through some ish and they bounce back. And I like betting on coaches this time of year. Now, I got to tell you, Alabama got their brains beat out. They did. Alabama got the hell beat out of them by Texas. That wasn't just a win. That was the absolute hell beat out. Then Alabama went back, didn't play very well down in Florida as they were trying out the Buckner kid, the transfer from Notre Dame. They bounced back, though. That's a tough game. You know you're not playing well. You're playing against Lane Kiffin and his crew, which you understand is pretty good. That's a tough game. That's a win, and we get better from it game. Central Florida is a win like you did, and we're embarrassed by it. We had to break things down. I guarantee you, I was, I've been reading a lot about Saban. He breaks things down, and away you go. And now, ladies and gentlemen, they got their quarterback, Jalen Milroy wasn't great. He was fine. 17 to 21. That's great. 221 yards. That's great. But he had a pick and he had a touchdown. That's not great. But I think they got that figured out. I'm going to take this as the house bet. The worst we're going to do is push here. If you're going to get 14 and a half, don't take it. If you can push it to 14. If you can get 13 and a half, your toes are tapping. We'll see what the sharp money comes in on, particularly after I have talked about it. But I got to tell you, those three bets, I kind of like this weekend. But you know what? I only give you bets that I do like. Like, I'm not giving you crap and saying I like it. I've studied this. These guys will tell you, I really did not have a house bet until that last break. I was crunching some numbers. Now, last thing. Be careful with this house bet. Be careful. I'm not in love with this house bet. I like it. I'm going to bet the small house. I'm going to bet the garage. Nick Saban is saying this. He said this on McAfee. Mississippi State to me is better than all the teams we've played except Texas in terms of caliber of players, how physical they are, how tough they are. All right. All right. That's why I don't love. You know, Zach Garnett's the coach. 
I don't know Zach Arnett from uh, whatever. Arnett Holman. I think I played against Arnett Holman. I think he played at Purdue. I don't know. Whatever. But anyway, that's what all, that's all I'm saying. If you have a bet, let me know what it is. But that's this week. Now, I think you can hear in my voice, there is a little bit of trepidation. There is a little bit on the house bet. I'm not saying there's a ton. You guys always ask me a question. You always ask me what I think about the Colts. I think the Colts are going to win this week. I do. I'm not betting it. I'm not betting it because I've learned my lesson with the Colts. I've 1,000% learned you don't bet the Colts. You don't bet them. Either or against. Yeah, I don't bet them. I don't like betting them. I think they stink to bet. They're awful. Over-unders don't hit. Colts surprise you. They are getting one at home. If I were going to bet that game, I would bet the Colts to win. Richardson is back. Not that that's great, but that's not awful. He makes more plays. He's got to run around Aaron Donald. I'm going to take that. I am. Tell you one game I am going to take, and uh, I'm going to book it right now. I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to take them on the money line. It's only minus 135, so I'm paying 35% juice. But the Cleveland Browns, uh, I'm listening to Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith, let's play what Roquan Smith had to say to open this show. Here's Roquan Smith of the Ravens, who just let the Colts come into their house and beat their ass. Here's Roquan Smith. You go in there as the, as the enemy to go take over, and that's our plan uh, to actually go take over. I think they call it the dog pound. I consider myself a dog, so I'm right at home in that place. So I'm excited to get back in there. And I know they're a physical football team, but so are we. Honestly, I love it. You know, I love a challenge. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I love looking, facing, looking something square in the face and saying, bring it on, bring it on, whatever it is, you know, chin up, chest out. You know, I, I live by that. Sunsets, no regrets. So I'm looking forward to it, and I can't wait. You're considered a bad guy because you're going into essentially another man's house, and you're trying to take over, like his wife, kids, everyone there to watch them. So you we going over to beat their tails in front of their wife and kids. So when you think about it from that perspective, like any man's going to, you know, fight to the death at that point. I know if that's me in that case, I know I would. What are you talking about? I mean, yeah, I know if that were me in that case, I would. What are you, insane? What are you, nuts? You didn't. You just got beat. You did. You just got beat by the, by the Colts. So I don't think they're real in Ravens land. I may give the two and a half. I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of stupid stuff happens. But I may give the two and a half. Stay tuned. You know, if it goes to three and a half, I'm not touching it. Three would be my limit. Under, it doesn't matter. I'll take whatever's less than two and a half for sure. If it's two or one and a half or one, I'll take it. We'll see what happens. Like, how bad do you have to be? I want you to think about this for just a second. How bad do you have to be after watching the 70 to 20 debacle that the Broncos allowed, allowed the Dolphins to do to them? How bad do you have to be if you're the Chicago Bears? The Chicago Bears are at home. Chicago Bears are playing the Broncos. Chicago Bears at home against a team that just lost 70 to 20. Look at me. 70 to 20. Bears are three-point underdogs. Bears are getting three points at home. Now look, it seems idiotic to bet that. But the reason you would bet that, and let me tell you a little bit about coaching here. The reason you bet that 
is because you believe that the players, not the coaches, not the staff, not the, no, the players have pride. You're betting that these players say to themselves what I just said, wait a second. I know the season hasn't gone right. I know we've struggled, but this team just got beat 70 to 20 and we are three point underdogs. Three points? Now, that's the only reason you would bet this. You got to believe at some, at some point, you got to believe that the Bears are going to have a pride about them that permeates what they do on the field. You can talk all you want. You can say all you want. You can act how you want. But the bottom line comes down to what are you doing during the game? So I've paid attention to the Bears. I've seen what's coming out of them. It seems a little quieter this week, which I take as a good sign. It should be. But how bad do you have to be to be a three-point underdog? Wow. How bad do you have to be considered that you just beat, you just beat the Cowboys? And Josh Dobbs has looked pretty good. Last start with Tennessee, this start pretty good. How bad do you have to be to be a four-point underdog, 14, 14 14-point underdog your next game? Or how bad do you have to be considered? Uh, The answer is you got to be considered really bad. You got to be considered awful. Like, you just won. You just beat the team that everybody, including myself, thought was playing as well as, if not better than, damn near every team in the NFL. And you go your next game and you're a 14-point dog, and frankly, the game against the Cowboys wasn't even that close. So you got something about you, don't you? I think you do. I kind of think you do, or at least you should, but apparently you don't. I'm going to give you another house bet. You ready? And this is dangerous. This is very dangerous in the NFL, but I believe in momentum. Analytics doesn't believe in momentum. I believe in games that get you over the hump. And I'm going to start believing in the Los Angeles Chargers because of how that game went. Their coach went for it on their own 21. They didn't get it against the Vikings, against Kirk Cousins, interception in the end zone. Next thing you know, the Chargers are winning. The Chargers needed that like I need food. It's ravenous how much I need food. It's ravenous how much the Chargers needed that win. And I believe in momentum. I believe that things carry over. I, ladies and gentlemen, believe that we are going to see the Chargers play really, really well. I believe that. Why do I believe that? I'll tell you why I believe that. Because I've seen it year after year after year. They're five and a half points favorites at home against the Raiders. Now, the Raiders seem to me to be in some type of disarray. Devontae Adams questioned the culture. Devontae Adams has come out, though, and said, yeah, I don't know where you're getting this. I want to be traded. I don't want to be traded. I love it here. So don't at me with the Devontae Adams trade just because Devontae Adams decided that he wanted to talk a little bit. But I'm going to go with the Chargers. I'm going to go with the Chargers as long as Herbert is healthy because I believe that the Chargers went over and got over a hump. Five and a half is interesting. It's it's a terrible line. 
I'm going to wait and see what happens with the line. But anytime you get into five, something screwy happens during the game and five becomes in play. Well, because guys like Billy Walters and others know what the hell they're doing. But that's a game I'm looking at. That's a game that I think is sexy. That's a game that I'm saying to myself, hang on. Fred Havilland on our YouTube chat says, Dan, the Bears may not, may not score 70 all year. Man. Man. Uh, Jan Tudor says, I'll take the over on the Chargers Raider game for fans getting stabbed in the stands. Brings me to another point. Philadelphia, idiots are rioting, criminals are rioting, a couple have been arrested, but the stadium is seen as the least hospitable, most dangerous stadium to be at. So let me ask you a question. My YouTube listeners, my Twitter followers, do me this favor. If you're going to an NFL game and you see a fight, tape the fight for me. I want to know something. Here's something I meant to talk about earlier. Are there really that many more fights in the stands at NFL games, or are we just videotaping them? I don't remember. I haven't been to a ton of NFL games other than here in Indianapolis where it is really a good experience to go to games. I think I went to two games, maybe three outside of Indy, a couple Bears games, and that might be it, actually. I guess I went to one in London, but that doesn't really count. They were having tea with their pinkies out. No one was throwing hands. They were wearing Gale Sayers jerseys. It's unbelievable, but I digress. All right, here's the deal. If you're at an NFL game and you see a fight, I want to see what's going on. I want to see what you think. Videotape it. Don't get in the middle of it. Let the, you know, I, I, I'm not getting in the middle of a fight at NFL Stadium. I'll get in the middle of a shoplifting. I'll do that. But you idiots want to fight, you go ahead and be idiots. But truth of the matter, if you get one, then please do me a favor and tape it because I want to see it. Uh, Dan, Jim Eagle says, imagine paying $400 for a ticket to an NFL game, and you can go stab someone. Imagine bringing, being able to bring in a, a freaking knife. What? Why are you bringing a knife in? Remember the lady that brought a gun in? They said it was in the folds of her fat. Well, guess what? We haven't seen much of that story in a long, long time. Uh, Cubs to earn wild card spot. How? Cubs are killing me. Cubs are destroying my soul. Me and the head of promotions with the Cubs, Jim Oboinkovich, we text back and forth. I wear my Cubs jersey. He goes to sluggers. We all have to do our part. But yesterday, this guy, Marcus Stroman, this guy, Marcus Stroman, sucks. This guy, Marcus Stroman, is more worried about getting neck tattoos <coughs> than he is pitching. It's been horrible since May. They trotted his sorry ass out there, and he was done in three. And everything that could go wrong went wrong, including Matt Olson hitting a two-run homer after the Cubs squandered a first-inning chance. Stroman sucks. Yeah, he does. He's one of those guys that showed up in town. He got on social media. He bolshevik the fans, and everybody loved him. Then he started out well. Opening start, pretty good. Now... He can't get me out. He is, seems seems like a very nice guy, but he sucks. And again, he wants $100 million. I'm not giving you $100 million pennies. 
not giving you 100 million grains of sand. I'm done giving guys that suck. Try not to suck was Joe Madden's mantra when the Cubs were rolling those years back. Well, guess what? Down the stretch, the Cubs have sucked. Now, ladies and gentlemen, though, I am still on it. I am still on it. I will never jump off it. We got a chance. We got a chance. Milwaukee's done. They've clinched. There's no happy horse bleep with Milwaukee. Stop it. Just stop it. And next thing you know, the, the they're playing Milwaukee. Cubs are a game behind the Marlins, two games behind the D-backs to get in the wild card. Where the Marlins got to go? Hang on with me here. I didn't look this up today. I know the Marlins won yesterday. Where the hell do they got to go? Cubs are going to Milwaukee. Milwaukee should lay down. The Marlins, you know what they do? They get to go to the Pirates. They get to finish in Pittsburgh. That's like finishing this year at Northwestern. Oh, man. This stinks. I'm not happy. I'm not sad. But at least I got baseball to watch. But that's where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. That's where we're at. Braves are in. Dodgers are in. Orioles, Rays, Brewers, Twins, Phillies, in. In, in, in. Guess who's not in? The freaking Cubs. Here it is. I'm going to read this to you. Cubs. Uh, all right. All right. That's that. All right. Let's move back to where we started. Roquan Smith, ladies and gentlemen, God bless you. Uh, I want to end with a picture. Ladies and gentlemen, this picture sums up our society. Sports guy, Terry Francona. He rides a scooter to work. He's a man of the people. He's every man, you and me. He's getting ready to retire. At least my friend Kevin Custer thinks he is. So KC went to Terry Francona's last game. There he is. He takes the scooter. Tito, they called him. I remember when he was a player with the Cubs. Left-handed, light-hitting guy, but everybody seemed to like. Guess what happened to Terry Francona? They stole his beloved scooter. And not only did they steal it, they beat it up. And ladies and gentlemen, look at the bottom. The worst part is they defecated on it. Ladies and gentlemen, we work in a country that we are becoming animals. Look outside if you live in the woods like I do. I see a variety of animals taking a dump every day. I see deer in my yard. I got an otter that I'm sure is taking a dump. He's doing the backstroke in the, in the lake behind me. I got squirrels coming out the yang. I got a dog that I let out to take a dump. And where do they take a dump, ladies and gentlemen? Out in the wild. We're animals. We steal people's scooters. And then we take a dump. Man, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't like it. Leave Tito alone. Don't take a dump. On Tito's scooter. Last, last, last thing, ladies and gentlemen. Boog Shambi. We got to replay this. This was all the rage. See, I like when the hometown announcers interject hometown feelings. Cubs playing the Braves. Acuna, 70 is steal. 40-70, never been done. Great accomplishment. 
but they stopped the game. They played videos, a montage, if you will. Ah, oh, man. Boog, who by nature is a happy guy, but can be crabby, he had this to say along with his partner, the great J.D., Jim Deshays. Man, we're really stopping the game. Can, say, can, we get, can, we get the, can we get the Can we get the base after the game? I mean, this is... This is pretty absurd. I mean, it, it's just a hell of an accomplishment. Totally, but you but can't stop the game you're, 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 a highlight montage. It's pretty funny, actually. They're just doing a nice thing for one of their players, but I'm with them. I text Boog last night because he made reference to it. Uh, somebody said did something, and, and Boog said, what, should we stop the game and then recognize it? I sent him a text. He sent me back some stuff that I'm not going to say. It's unbelievable. But all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for another great week. You folks that show up every day on YouTube, thank you. You folks that show up every day on Twitter, go to outkick.com, thank you. Uh, our friends, our, our co-workers, Nick, Nick Pardee. I got Nick Say. I got Nick Fimia. I got all kinds of Nicks walking around here. Dylan and Ryan, you're spectacular. I see you, Haley. Why aren't you on our show? Katie, Joe, everybody, Beth the Booker, of course, our dear friend Aaron, who just makes it all come together, Gary, the boss, uh, Clay, the boss boss, do me a favor. I need more viewers. I do. <laughs> this show's too good. I want to make this the number one show in the history of the world. So I'm always going to tell you we need viewers. So go to, out, go to outkick.com, retweet our stuff. Go to YouTube, retweet our stuff. Go to Twitter, retweet our stuff. Some of you do, and I love you for it. I do. Monday, we're going to be back, and it's going to be glorious. Thanks this week. Lou Holtz was fantastic. Thanks to McAfee for showing it. It's pretty good. Man, we got a good thing going here. Let's keep it going. Enjoy your weekend. Ryder Cup's getting sassy. I'm here for it. Let's get sassy this weekend. That's right, Lula. I'm getting sassy. If I show up Monday with a black eye, you'll know I got really sassy. It's a sassy weekend. House bet, Alabama, minus 14. If you win that one, you don't have to win any others. See you Monday. Thank you.